0: Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor and we are going to talk about The Handmaid's Tale, Season 1, Episode 3, it's called Late, full spoilers for the episode as always. First things first, uh, this should have been up yesterday and... Yes, speaking of late. Yeah, speaking of late, very, good, very different kind of late admittedly, but yeah, speaking <laughs> of late. Uh, schedule was just hectic yesterday and it got pushed till today, so apologies for that, but we're here now. Uh, is what
1: happens when they give us three at once.
0: Yes, uh, that's that is what happens. Uh, so this one, I feel like we had a lot more flashbacks in this one. That's had a lot, yeah, it was quite heavy on them. Yeah, not that I'm complaining, because they were all very good. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, so the, the gist of this one, uh, as the title would suggest, I think obviously the the whole show being about impregnating people, <laughs> I think the word late immediately conjures up one specific thing. So, Offred uh, is late. Her period has not came yet. And all of a sudden, people are treating her differently because of this. Uh, Joy in particular, uh, also the Martha, uh, treating her very differently. And what I love is she comes into the house right after her shopping trip, as she usually does, and she sits down at the table, and Martha's like, no, sit down, sit down, uh, I'm going to give you a lunch. And she brings out her lunch, presents it all nicely, uh, even a flower and a little little jar. Yeah, a of white vase. rose. Yeah, a little white rose, yes. And... What I love about this scene, because eventually, like she's standing there talking to her, and then Joy comes in and she's like standing up talking to her, and she's been very nice with her, and all the rest of it. What I love about this scene, it's all one shot. It's all yeah. one shot, just staring, sort of wide shot at down the table at, Alfred, and this re- this really works because, she's been rushed in and she's sat down. She's told to stay put and eat her lunch, and everyone else, especially the Martha, who keeps going back into the kitchen to get more things. Uh, Like, they're all moving, she's told to stay still. The world's all revolving around her right now, so we stay with her, and it feels like everyone else is moving. It it works really well. Uh, It's one really long shot as well, and obviously it shows how they're treating her differently because she might be pregnant, that's obviously the big thing. The other thing is though, is that even despite all this, she feels really really little in the frame, because she's sitting down, but everything's framed, so that those who are standing up are still in the camera, so yeah. she's really low down, she feels like kind of like, they're towering over her, she feels overwhelmed almost, uh, and she doesn't even know why this is happening at first, it sort of clicks Yeah, they,
1: they kind of have to prod it to, to give yeah. her the answers, almost.
0: Yeah, uh, because, oh, you've not asked for your for, I think she says rags, I think, because I think, it wasn't like the proper term, it was like yeah, It was like a, a sort of harsher sounding word for it, but yeah, you've not asked for your rags yet. And it's, it's like, oh, geez, all right. <laughs> yeah,
1: she's clearly just lost count of when in the month she is. Yeah. But, yeah. but Joy's on it.
0: T- too busy living in a, a fascist society to be concerned with... Uh, exactly. <laughs> ...the, the, the minutiae of uh, day-to-day living. Uh, but, yeah, so I loved that scene. And obviously, like the past episodes, there's, there's been these standout scenes in each one. Obviously, a lot of them in this one are the flashbacks. But that's not to uh, downplay the stuff in this. Uh, so as part of this plot, she's taken to a we see new again. We see we see Joy v- visit the baby, and she even lets uh, offer to hold her. Which the the actual mother comes up and is like, no, 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 no. that's enough of that. Uh, uh but they're like, is this a good idea? Should Should she be holding her? She's like, oh, she's done it before. Calm down. <laughs> she's uh, thinking. Hmm. She needs to practice. Yeah. Joy jo- jo- Joy's changing attitude though is fascinating to watch. Like her. Like after like, uh, we'll talk about the scene where Offer goes to speak to Janine. But after she comes back from that, and Joy's like, "Oh, are you speaking with your friend," and she's like, "I'm sorry, I should have, I should have asked for permission." She's like, "Oh no, it's okay." Like, entire thing, to the point where I'm like, "All right, this is going to turn out to not be a like, that's going to be a false positive. She's going to end up getting her periods just a little bit late," and I was expecting her to completely turn. And sure enough <laughs> it delivered yeah end of the episode she like, oh right oh she's a, she's a bit of the blood on the on her on her underwear or whatever and the next morning I could feel the tension as she was walking down the street. she knew she had to tell her that no yeah. I'm not pregnant no she had to
1: do it sooner rather than later
0: yeah in fact she comes down and like Joy's arranging a better room for her it's like oh now you get nice sunlight in through this window and you get this nice much more room I, I was
1: under the impression she was building a nursery as well like is what it was meant to be
0: oh probably yeah but I, I think she was I, I think she was going to be allowed to st- at least while well, she was pregnant she was like oh you're top, oh, yeah, top of the class treatment you, you know, get get food made for you because what, what's the line she gives her when she's uh, at the end of that one shot scene she's like oh now you finish your lunch every, every bite now uh, you have yeah. to join the full plate club, or something. it was something to that effect. It was
1: yeah, like lick your plate clean. Yeah, oh. something to do with that. It was
0: well, no, I took it as the full plate club was like, oh, you need to eat as much as we do now. All right, oh, okay. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm misinterpreting it, but that either way, like everything, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she's like, I got a period, and see when she asked, that's actually connects to another scene with uh, Offered earlier on, but when she when Joy asks, oh, when did you get a period? And I'm like say just now, say this morning when you woke up just before you came down, say just now but she tells the truth and says last night, and I'm like oh, why did you say that, why Stupid did you say that man. and of course Joy flips her lid and she drags her up, like she's a delinquent child by the arm and throws her into the room and then yeah. kneels down next to her and just screams shit into her ear, it is like so awful, like you could see it coming and you're just waiting for it, you're waiting for that snap uh, and it's funny because you almost—I think Joy's this really frustrating character because you almost want to kind of sympathise with her as well because we see she sees what's going on is terrible. In fact, the same when she's talking to her after her visit with Janine, she uh, kind of slips a little bit. She says, uh, "I know what we do is terrible," and she pauses and goes, "It's terribly hard," and it's like just a yeah. little little Freudian slip there that she. I, is aware I think of we've
1: seen the that like, the whole time, like her reactions when her husband is having sex with Alfred. Like She's she's very unhappy with the entire situation.
0: Yeah, yeah, She she's not delighted about it. She's, she's not
1: comfortable in the slightest.
0: Yeah, uh, so but every time you almost gain a bit of sort of empathy with her, and you're like, okay, this is difficult for you, you're trying to sort of show your dominance, and that's why you're being very strict with her. Like, she'll then do something like this where she'll completely snap, and it's like, okay, it's really hard to even pretend to understand you right now because this is yeah. so harsh. Yeah, pretty uh, much. It's uh, I feel, I feel this is going to be a trend with this show where it feels like there's a little bit of hope and it's just going to snap it out from under you.
1: Seems about right, really.
0: So yeah, so the two sort of shows, the two shows, the two, yeah, the two episodes, the two scenes. With, there we go. Uh, getting, offering, getting smaller and smaller as we go. Yeah, which we've skipped is uh, so the visit with Janine. Where Janine's like, oh, he's in love with me, and she she feels like she's delusional the entire time, and she's like, oh, my my commander. So I was right. Uh, the commander is like something that, like seemingly all the the rich husbands are called.
1: Yeah, un- unless these are all the same rank at the, around this area.
0: Oh yeah, maybe maybe it's just a. It just happens that they're both commanders, yeah. but it. The way she said, my commander. sounded like
1: yeah. yeah. No, no.
0: But she she's uh, like, oh, he's in love with me. And she's named her baby as well. That's that's a real name. Uh, like she's she's named her baby her own name. And like I, I love the offering sitting there going, "Oh my God, you're you're about to fall down hard. Uh, either you're going to realise that this is all bollocks, and it's going to be depressing because she, she better or or that uh, I I don't even know what they'd call her uh, the, the the wives of the commanders for them uh but the like she bit her yeah. <laughs> and and like you're going to fall down hard or even worse like like they're going to kill you for suggesting these things if if they hear it or if they find out
1: yeah um, and it's it's obviously meant to be a nice parallel with what we saw with the the relationship forming between upgrade and her commander last yeah. episode
0: yeah certainly uh, it almost makes you wonder: Do a lot of them do this, where they try and build this little relationship to make them feel better about what's going on, only to not care afterwards, kind of thing. and yeah. shun them out. And I, I, but yeah, she's like, "Oh, he's going to run away with me. Like we're going to run away. We're in love with with a child." <laughs> and all like, oh, like the whole time you just feel like this is such bullshit. Like none of this is true.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Uh, it's and she, just she she's been delusional for a while. Yeah. Like She's seemed it for you know, most of the scenes we've seen her in.
0: And that, That's not to say I, I, I'm not going to suggest that that can never happen in this world. I'm sure there are some commanders who do fall for their, their handmaids. Uh, it may have kind of happened before with Joy and that's why they get rid of the first one. Yeah. Uh, that here
1: that
0: could be why. It, it just... It's we, a you don't believe it from her, yeah. do you? You don't believe it at all. She, she just she feels delusional the entire time. Yeah. Uh, and then of course the other scene is when they come back home there's a black van and someone waiting to question uh offering or offered from uh, about off clen. And yes. first my first my first observation about this scene is the guy who's in the interview. Because Aunt Antlady is there. Aunt is like the enforcer and she shocks her. She's got a shock baton and she's she's shocking her uh right in the neck. Yeah, when the occasion calls for it. Uh, and I use I use that phrase ironically. Uh but he, he has this voice. He sounds like a computer. Is that just me? No, no, he's
1: very monotone.
0: Very, very monotone, but also very nasally. Yeah. So he had almost this Microsoft Sam kind of voice to him, but he's pretending to be kind of pleasant. He's like, "Oh, we'd, we want to get this over with. Just get the information that we're here for, and like you know, that kind of thing." And uh, she, she's asking the, answering the questions as you would expect. You know, you know, she was your your partner. What did you talk about? The weather. And so far, yeah, this is truth. And then she admits that she knows she was gay, and I thought this was quite smart because this is the kind of thing where you give them a bit of the truth so they feel that like they found something. Yes. But not enough to get you the full. Br- She's not going to mention the resistance or what they were talking about. And this is also where we kind of like learn. All oh, right, this was why they took her away. That it wasn't because of resistance. It was just. It was just her being gay, uh, and of course, because she did say that they knew that she was gay to begin with. Uh, but there's more to it. We find out later on in the episode, of course, that she's actually actively <laughs> pursuing yeah, something with the Martha.
1: I, I think that's how Alfred could have got away with it going. Yeah. I knew she was gay, you know, before. Yeah. Like, cause she, she said she knew because she mentioned that she had a wife. Yeah. But she can get out of it by saying, but now I thought she was loyal to all this. So yeah. wh- why would I report it?
0: Yeah. She, she, she's very scared. And she says, because, because she was my friend and, you, you see the scene escalating, she gets shocked a few times. And it's she says she says the word "gay," she, she, she says she was gay, and that word's forbidden now. Like she and this is this sets off Aunt Lydia.
1: Yeah, because Aunt Lydia calls her a gender traitor.
0: Yeah, that's that's the phrase they're using for this now, and uh, it all it all builds up, and she eventually smacks on the face with the baton and starts beating the shit out of her like it's yeah. full on and Joy runs in and is like oh she's pregnant she's pregnant what are you doing Uh, like she she deflates the situation but like the entire thing again it's uncomfortable it's like the end of the episode where you, you feel the tension rising and like you know she's not going to give like you know the really important information but the, just this amount puts her in this position and she's getting the shit beat out of her and it is really difficult yeah. to watch and,
1: and obviously it's be- the, the reason that she gets me. Is because she does stand up for herself as well yeah. like uh you know when uh, it says uh blessed are the meek she gives back the line about and, and they're the ones who shall inherit the earth yeah uh, uh, the heavens or whatever it is and and uh that's standing up for herself that's what gets her beaten so much it's not just the the gay thing that oh, was no, kind that, of like
0: that's what escalates it though because she steps yeah. in and she gives her shit and it it escalates from there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was. It was the standing up that got the actual whack in the face. But it, the whole thing was building throughout the entire scene. Oh, absolutely. Um. So no, that that was so that was very tense, and it was even it was getting really tense as well when the questions started to turn sexual. It's like, did she ever try and touch you? Like that was one of the questions. Mm. And right from there, I was like, oh, geez, where's this going? Like. It's
1: like, oh, that's what this is about.
0: Yeah. Uh. So. You know, very tense. Very. Uh, so. Meanwhile, we do actually follow off clans story. so I feel like we've got like a new plot thread that we'll follow. We'll follow her. We've been introduced to her. We've met her properly now, as they themselves said at the end of the first episode. So now we follow her as well, and we see where she's been taken. And actually, I remember seeing a photo of her with the mask on. She's got this like a uh, not quite Hannibal Lecter, but kind of similar idea. It's it's getting up there, isn't it? Yeah, it's like it's like a sort of muzzle, and it's it's almost like they don't want her to try and kiss someone or something like that. It's like you almost get this weird sense of it. Uh, but we see how desperate she is. Like she actually tries to fill up the guard uh, just before the sort of the we'll call it the courtroom. Although there wasn't much yeah. uh, of a of a trial going on in and there. No, their was, idea of a
1: trial is very very unusual.
0: It was basically stand in front of me while I tell you you're guilty.
1: <laughs> yeah, because they get the guy in to you know present the evidence, give his uh, his, his testimony, and he goes, "Oh, do you, do you swear that your testimony is the truth?" He goes, "Yep." And I go, "Right then, you're guilty."
0: Pretty that's much, it. yeah that's pretty much what happened uh and very desperation and they say right the martha this is when we find out the whole thing with the martha and there was an actual relationship brewing they say right martha you're just to be taken care of however you uh can bear fruit so yeah, you're you, too valuable yeah you you will be uh what was, was the redemption? word yeah i think it was redemption yeah you will be redeemed uh, yeah, and it's like, oh god, what does that mean? Like, I immediately went, "What, what the hell does that mean?" Oh, Redeemed, yeah. uh, and we get this fantastic again another like they get put into a van, and they can hold hands for a little bit, and we see all this emotion, and neither of them can speak; they're both covered in the mouth, they can't speak, mm. and there's so much emotion building as the van's driving. When it stops, it goes to one shot from inside the van, essentially from a off Glenn's perspective of what's yeah. th- what's going on, and Mar- the Martha is taken out. There's a crane with a noose, put it around her head, all one shot. The crane lifts up, and it's as she's dangling. Her legs are kicking. The doors are shut, and you can still see her kicking and just dying through the window in the back of the van. And the whole thing is just, again, it's a it's a simple scene of pacing where you're just your stomach's like ranged yeah. the entire time.
1: And and I'm so glad the camera never leaves the van. Yeah, because that was perfect. It it just staying because you're right behind her head, pretty much.
0: So you're seeing what she's and, seeing. It's perfect. Yeah.
1: Exactly, you're right in her frame of mind, getting the same experience that well, she
0: is. Which is why I think this episode is a big step in, for the show, in the sense that it's not just Offred's story anymore. Like we're now, we now have another character that we will follow and see things from her perspective.
1: Yeah, and you have to imagine this is going to you know, galvanize her into the resistance even more.
0: Yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah. And uh, so she, we don't see her until the end of the episode after this. And this is actually where the show gets the most science fiction, I think it's ever ever gotten. Is this really, really ultra clinical, completely white, sort of uh, hospital esque room. Uh, yeah. I say it, it's a really big room. There's lots of beds. It's one of those big long rooms with, you know, rows of beds. Mm-hmm. And Off gets up out of bed. And she's, you know, got this sort of hospital going on. And she lifts it up and she looks at her underwear. And she's got a bandage over her, uh, her groin. Yeah. And it's like, oh jesus christ what did they do but i was also thinking but wait a minute like they still they want her to have her. kids yeah. yeah like they can't just mess around down there that much like they need her to actually have kids and aunt lydia comes in and is like well you can't want what you can't feel or can't need her. it was basically yeah, yeah. it was like right her they've removed her clitoris basically yeah you can't
1: act on anything if you've got they haven't got the desire uh, to, to have the pleasure
0: and the entire thing is just horrific. It, it being so clinical and white kind of adds to it because the whole time...
1: Do you know what hit me the most in this scene, though? When oh. Aunt Lady comes in, she calls her by a real name.
0: Oh, you're right, yeah.
1: She doesn't call her off. I think it's Emily. I think she called, it was her name. Hmm. But that was... like This 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 room, let's like say it's social science fiction. It's, it's outside of everything. It's not even in the in the normal realms of their society where she has her own name still in this it's that that really made it feel surreal to me
0: i i think I, I think that's also just adding the insult though it's like i'm going to use your real name because this is the the last remnant it's, of who you are is gone. yeah i'm taking
1: it away from you personally not yeah. i'm not taking this away from Offglen. i'm taking this away from you
0: yeah yeah uh i i wonder does she go back to the same house i don't know if they would send her back there or do we follow her elsewhere i'll be curious to see but the the, the scene ends with her like we get this sort of and again, this is where the camera is mostly still throughout the scene. There's not one shot; there's close-ups and stuff. But at the end, she starts screaming. She starts screaming, just in like frantic misery, like of what's yeah. happening to her. The, the horror of what is just settling in, and she's screaming. And the camera is like darting around all these different shots of her screaming. And it's the opposite of the, obviously the saints staying still in some of the other scenes, where it wants you to just sit and soak in the the atmosphere. This is her feeling, because. I think because when you go through something where you're very tense, right, like your friend's about to die, or maybe something more realistic, as if you're in the hospital waiting to hear if someone you like, if someone you love is, you know, are they going to make it? That kind of thing. Like time slows down; every moment feels like it's lasting an eternity, and that's kind of what the single shot in those sorts of scenes kind of emulate. You yeah. know, the scene, the scene in the van; everything feels really. It makes slow.
1: it feel like it's a long time, even yeah. though it's not actually that much time.
0: Yeah. Whereas this is the opposite. This is where your head's spinning and you're frantic and you can't focus and your the emotions just getting to you and it does the opposite thing where it's like darting around so quick, like it's erratic sort of you know it's almost senseless motion to yeah. the, all, all all these camera cuts. Uh, but you can't get a foot on where you are and that's how you're meant to feel because that's how she feels. She can't. She doesn't feel like she knows where she is or what's going on. I mean, she does really, but emotionally she she doesn't. Yeah. Uh, and it's great stuff. Uh, definitely a horrific ending uh god so obviously the one thing we've not talked about is the flashbacks Uh, we got a lot more detail on kind of the fall of humanity i guess Uh, yeah it
1: was perhaps a more sudden switch than we were expecting in some respects
0: i i don't know if i'd say that I, i i think i think it was still the gradual build of hysteria and things were building there but because for for a start, I don't think uh, like obviously there is a switch here where a lot of things happened at once, and this yeah was yeah when, it hits
1: a tipping point
0: yeah. Uh, but I, I think obviously everything is building to it, like because even before uh, like because the the first thing we get is uh, she she's running with her friend Moira uh, who we know from the first episode, and they're jogging and they went to a coffee shop and our cards declined and the the guy uh, working behind the counter uh, just. Swears that I'm them, them sluts and tells them to
1: get out. Even before that was weird when they asked, "Oh, where's the the normal woman who serves us?"
0: He's like, How was like, "How the hell should I know?" Yeah. Uh, so so that shows all this stuff happening, but they, they're like just shocked by what he said and like, "What is this?" And then we get a scene at work. So we try to find out why our card was declined, and we find out that all women aren't allowed to own money anymore. Yeah. You have to get your male next of kin to retrieve it, and they control the money. You don't have that right anymore. And then the soldiers show up at her work and tell them, oh, the women aren't allowed. Oh, it's actually not them. It's the manager for for where she works comes out. And what I like about this scene is he genuinely feels uncomfortable with everything he's doing in the yeah. scene.
1: Oh, absolutely. He's he's terrified of it. But, but there's, there's an army of people there with guns if he doesn't yeah. say this.
0: Yeah. So, he, I mean, he's saying sorry repeatedly. He, he can't stop saying sorry, but it's like, you can't work here anymore. And they all have to, and we get this, and it, it stays in real time as she goes over to her desk and starts clearing up her things. And the there's other random people around the office hugging, clearing up their things. And she's just kind of like, in a daze, she doesn't know what's going on. And it's as they're, as they're walking out actually, one of the soldiers is holding the door open and she says, thank you. Still out of politeness, like she, this hasn't really set, set set in yet what is going on. And he says one of the, you know, uh, praise be you're under his eye. One, one of the, the set of phrases. Yeah. And it's the first time she's ever heard it.
1: Yeah. So uh, what was that?
0: And I thought that was really fascinating. I almost like the idea that the at least the core soldiers who are part of this movement at, at the beginning were sort of an occult like kind of yeah, thing they were like the true believers before it was public. Like they were building this up kind of behind yeah. the scenes.
1: And it, it's also we, we learn how they justified all of this was uh, there was or at least we, they were told there was a terrorist threat.
0: Yeah, they, they said was, it was it was temporary.
1: There was something that happened in DC. Because we get that. There was some event, um, presumably some sort of terrorist attack.
0: Yeah, but I like that it's fake because I think the point is is that it it was never set in stone anyway, even for them, even for the characters. It was oh, yeah, something yeah. like, that has been an explosion or something. It's, it's yeah, like... there
1: was something in DC and then there was a heightened sense of terror after that. And it just, they, they used it. They never let it go. And they just kind of perpetuated the media by the sounds of it and kept the fear there, even though yeah. they weren't sure there was more coming.
0: Do you know what? I think part of the reason why this show works so well is even though you could argue, like, would, would even, the, even the most horrible fascists in the world go down this path? I mean, that's debatable. I don't know if necessarily the the choices they make are believable, but how they enact everything, all this about controlling the media, putting fear into the population, all of that feels very authentic.
1: Yeah, that's Dictatorship 101.
0: Yeah. Uh, and... You know, the the scene where they're back at her place and the husband comes out and he's trying to ask, like, what's going on? And he's like, oh, I'll try and take care. And, like, Moira gets offended almost that he wants to try and help them. uh, Because this is, like, an attack on, like, the entire... And because I also like the fact she points out, oh, like, they hit the the jobs and the the money at the same time so no one could leave. Because if they hit the jobs first and they still had their cars, they could try and get out of the country and so on. But it was, like, full on, like... Everyone and I, I like that she is so tough. She is so like she's challenging him and they're friends. You can tell that he's he's taking it.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, not, it's almost banterous.
0: Not yeah, not not too hard. He's he's going along with the conversation, but she's being so tough. But when she when the I, I don't like call her off in the flashback. Uh, June when June says, "Uh, oh that station's shut. You're going to have to walk to this other station," and she looks terrified. And you know her husband says, "Oh, do you want me to walk you?" And she's like. If yeah, that place is dodgy. <laughs> like, and she doesn't even answer it in a scared way. She answers it with the same sort of blunt kind of toughness, but it's like, no, oh, yeah, I want an escort. Come on, I want some backup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and I like that. That was a nice sort of uh, mix of like emotions going on there. there. Like she's still a character, but she's still like, said, yeah, that's dangerous, that place. Uh, yeah. But no, you, you sort of see society deteriorating. Of course, it all boils down to a... Probably the highlight of the flashbacks is the a protest, and very sort of typical protest. All the protesters are up, and the soldiers are sort of holding them back, and then eventually the protesters pull out guns and start firing on the public. We start firing on the protesters, and this is kind of like, all oh, right, we're full on fascist dictatorship now. There's not even protesting like yes. without the, the the acting government uh, retaliating against you, uh, and. You'll know the name of the song that, that we've got a cover of that's playing over this. I can't remember it now. It's a famous song. I know. But it's but... slowed down and it's really moody, yeah. and it's over the uh the, the the score. Like it's like it's like they've taken yeah, the scene yeah. and slow down and put it over the score. Uh as they're running away. And again, everything's in real time. It's very uh I want to say almost children of men, the way it's shot. It's not one shot but the, the way it sort of feels very guerrilla very sort of behind the characters as they're running away and you hear the gunshots and it's very very, again realistic and authentic as this stuff's going down you see people running around them eventually they duck into a like a it's kind of like a coffee shop actually they duck yeah. into and they're, they're hiding like behind something some other people are still outside running and they see them getting mowed down they, they, eventually there's an explosive that's let out in the street Full on chaos, full on war on the streets against these protesters. Absolutely. And the whole time the camera is, is handheld, which I love. The, the camera, the whole time they're running in, into the shop, everything's handheld to give you the, the shakiness, the the visceral sort of... Yeah, so even real.
1: when it's still, it's not completely still because they're not...
0: Yeah, the camera's still kind of shaking and they're constantly sort, sort of looking outside to see if is things clear yet, are things better, What you know, what horrific things happening outside and they're constantly looking... Uh, and the camera the whole time is mo- moving with them and moving. It feels that frantic. Again, much like we talked about how the, the cuts are like, you don't understand what's going on. Much like we said, the still shot is everything's moving slowly because everything's tense. This is, I mean, it's tense, but it's not the same kind of tension. This is tension where you it's just like a mixture of the two where yeah. things are going, so all of a sudden there's gunfire and you're frantically trying to get out and you're trying to survive.
1: Yeah, it's like a squirrely awareness. Yeah, sort of like yeah. very shaky, move about, like yeah. quick movements. But your adrenaline's but there.
0: You're focused. It's not like uh, the scene at the end with uh, uh, Off Glen, which where she's emotionally just all over the place. I don't think you're like that. You're frantic, but you're frantic in a way where you're focused on what you're frantic about. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. It's it's like your survival instincts are kicking in, but you're terrified the entire time, and that and that's what this. The shaky camera. So I've went into a lot of like filmmaking techniques in this one, but it, I feel like it really has shown these things throughout this episode. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which is why the direction's been on point. Uh, is is this the best of the three? Yeah, it probably is because it gets the darkest and yeah, probably. But this show. Dark yeah, you, is good. you
1: say that like yeah, it's probably the best, but it's been very consistent. Like, I wouldn't say been.
0: this is a, a
1: significant amount better than either of the previous two, not
0: which enough, is a, a
1: testament to it, really.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's been frightfully consistent. Uh and like I said, direction has done a fantastic job of conveying what the the, the protagonist, whether it's offered or off clean and whatever scene they're in, yeah. Conveying what they're feeling, is doing a fantastic job. And that is what's making that that with the acting is making uh, such a large amount of the show. Yeah, it really uh, is. So great stuff. Uh I, I, I anything else you'd like to add?
1: No, it was it was a really great episode again. <laughs> and as much as i've gone damn it hulu why did you give me three this week now <laughs> i've got to go oh now i've got to wait a week for one more and you know and then, and, now, and now it's getting drip fed to me yep
0: yep they've they've,
1: they've they've got me hooked and now it's like god damn it
0: yeah they got us hooked and now it's now we need to like stand in the street corner hoping to we'll chill us some
1: more <laughs> yeah pretty much
0: <laughs> oh dear uh so great stuff uh it, it Oh, I'm almost tempted to say the, the present day Offred stuff is the weakest part in a weird way. Like, the flashbacks and the the Offred stuff are so good that... Yeah, it, uh, Okay, I'll put probably. it this way. I think Offred's plot in present day was better than in episode 2. But yeah. all the other stuff in this one was better than the other stuff in episode 2. <laughs> If that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree.
0: But it's all good. It's all the quality's high. And
1: given that the the present day Offred stuff was actually a lot less than it's been in previous episodes.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: That that's okay. That this happens to be the weakest one of that as well.
0: Yeah. It's like they they were that aware
1: sense. that this is the weakest part of that. Let's not focus on that for this episode.
0: I'm really excited about uh, what we've got going to have Off Glenn being up to.
1: Yeah, excited to see.
0: I'm excited to see that. Even if it is as simple as coming back and replacing or re-replacing, <laughs> as Off Yeah, like, Off we'll,
1: 2.0, go back to
0: 1.0. Yeah. So, like, we'll, yeah, roll back, roll back the uh, the firmware. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, we'll, like, where do we go from there? And uh, keep being... And I'd almost expect them not want to do that because we've already heard, heard Offred say she's a friend. Like, you think they'd want to keep them yeah, separate they'll... after that?
1: The, the, see, I can see it going two ways. They'll want to keep them separate, or They'll put her there to see if they can get any more information.
0: Yeah. Or even as a way to scare off her, like, this is what happened to her. Yeah. Like,
1: you know, so... Mm. Yeah, a watch yourself sort of thing.
0: Yeah. Uh, so there you go. That's episode 3 of Handmaid's Tale. Let us know what you thought of this one in the comments below. Like, subscribe, all that stuff. Gets, helps us out a lot. Get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. Individual Twitters are on the screen if you want to hear us ramble about other things. But that's us, guys. So thanks once again for watching. Have you got any vanilla?